You are listening to the Balkan Bread Podcast. This is a podcast created to connect diaspora worldwide by sharing each other's stories. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Balkan Bread podcast. My name's Amina and thank you guys so much for being here. As you can tell by the title of this episode, we are going to be talking about a very heavy topic and you guys know if you've been following this brand for a while, we are the experts at talking about things that nobody wants to talk about. And that is exactly why we're talking about this today, because I think in our communities especially, it's something that people just don't want to talk about, and it's not being addressed in the way that it should. So there's a lot to unpack here, and there's probably a lot that you've seen, not only on our social media, but just social media in general. So I want to do the best job possible to educate you guys in hopes that you will share this episode with someone else that you love, someone who maybe is already supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, maybe somebody that isn't supporting it or just doesn't have the right resources in front of them. So that is my ultimate intention with this episode. Of course, there are certain parallels with what's going on right now and what our culture has gone through. So it's really important to talk about this because it does relate to us. And as I will mention later on in the episode, it does affect you, especially if you're here living in the United States. So to start things off, I saw this quote that I wanted to share. It's from Maya Angelou and it says, we are only as blind as we want to be. I want to set the tone for the episode, and that quote kind of says it all. So education and taking action are very, very important during this time. You may be wondering, why are you even saying anything? Why is this something that you need to address on your platform? And, you know, (laughs) there are a lot of reasons whether or not you want to hear it. You have a privilege here. Just even in listening to this episode, you are privileged whether you realize it or not. It's a privilege to educate yourself about racism instead of experiencing it. Of course, there are a lot of parallels to this situation and also what happened in the Balkans. Um, I don't want to get into that too much, but I think you guys kind of know where I'm coming from. And that's really why I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? It makes perfect sense for me to say something. Me not saying anything to me just doesn't make any sense. So anyway, I just wanted to get that out of the way. And my goal with this episode is really to go over all the different resources and action steps. Action is huge that we've been sharing on our social media and just compile it into a podcast episode. So that way you can take the link and share this with somebody else and hopefully they can learn something new too. I really hope this inspires you to take action in your communities and to speak up on these issues because 
they are important. They're more important than you think, I promise. So if you're still sitting here thinking, why should I care? This doesn't affect me. My family went through much worse. I want to stop you right there. And I want you to really think about all of the opportunities that this country has provided you with since coming here. There's so many, right? Now, of course, we all went through our fair share of struggles in coming here, but not once did I ever have to deal with discrimination because of the color of my skin. Now, imagine if I did. Now, think about what happened in our homeland. Some of the biggest acts of injustice were committed, and now I still have people telling me that they don't want to support the fight for injustice in the country that they are living in, the exact same one that opened up the door to opportunities for them 20 years ago. And that's when I draw the line and that's when I get super upset. It's a question of humanity. That's ultimately what it is. And you may think that this doesn't affect you or have anything to do with you, but it does. So there's this popular video going around right now talking about systemic racism, and it pictures these two boys. It's very elementary, but it helps you kind of understand what's going on if you haven't watched it. Give you guys a quick synopsis. So there's two boys, Jamal and Kevin. So Jamal lives in a poor black neighborhood, and Kevin lives in a rich white neighborhood. Jamal's school district is funded by property taxes, but his classrooms are still overcrowded, his teachers are underpaid, and there are little to no extracurricular activities. Now, Kevin's school district is also funded mostly by property taxes. His classrooms are never crowded and his teachers are paid well. He has access to high quality tutors and extracurriculars. Now, these two boys only live a few streets away from each other. So why are they living in these two completely different worlds? The video then goes on and traces back to decades after the Civil War. So what government agencies started doing is creating these maps with sections of different cities and marking those different sections as either desirable or undesirable for investment. So this is called redlining. And as you can probably guess, it usually blocks off entire Black neighborhoods from access to private and public investment. So this is pretty much what happened with Kevin and Jamal. So because Jamal is blocked off, then he automatically, you know, his school gets less funding, that kind of thing. So focusing on education and also buying a house, those are two big things here in America, right? So because of redlining, it's also making it a lot difficult for Jamal's family to get a loan for a new house. The video also mentioned this investigation they did in the 1980s, which really wasn't that long ago when you think about it. And it looked at Atlanta's real estate market, and it showed that banks were more likely to give out money to lower income white families rather than middle or upper income black families. And this isn't just Atlanta, it's still happening in major US cities like Chicago, it's everywhere. And it's crazy to think that, 
you know, he didn't really have a choice, right? It's just his circumstances and this is what's happening to him as a result of it. The video also mentions them graduating. So Jamal graduated top of his class. He got accepted into the same university as Kevin. They even finished the same program, the exact same GPA. And it brought up their resumes. So Jamal's resume wasn't getting as much attention as Kevin's. So why is this? So studies show that resumes with white sounding names get twice as many callbacks as identical resumes with black sounding names, which is absolutely crazy because they literally had the exact same qualifications, accolades, like everything was the same. It just boiled down to their name. Absolutely just ridiculous. But that's what the video kind of described. And I think putting it in, you know, an elementary style video really helped a lot of people understand what has been going on now for years. So as soon as the Black Lives Matter movement really started being showcased on social media in the past week, a lot of people came back at it and said, well, why are you saying Black Lives Matter? Like, all lives matter. And, oh gosh, that is another statement that just really, really fires me up. So, in general, I mean, this does nothing but drown out other people's voices, and those are the voices that we need to hear. So, I saw a lot of different analogies describing this, and there are even TikTok videos putting this into perspective. It's like this. If a person's house was on fire and somebody was trapped inside, are you going to make the fire department go to every other house on the block first because, quote unquote, all houses matter? No, you're not going to do that because the house is on fire. Like, that's where we're at right now. The house is on fire and we need help. (laughs) There is no point in going to these other houses and no, just, it doesn't make any sense. So anyway, that's kind of that debate. I think Ashton Kutcher even made a whole video addressing it, which was interesting. So another thing that is happening is just the portrayal on the news versus on social media. So what's happening is a lot of people are going to these protests, which is awesome And they're capturing different videos and things that are happening. And I'm sure you've seen all of those videos. And then you have the news, on the other hand, and they're capturing the same protests, but obviously in a completely different way. And the way that they are portraying certain things on the news is typically very inaccurate to what's actually happening right then and there. So... Obviously, be really careful and cautious about where you get your news from. I think right now it's more important to share those videos on social media that people are taking because none of that stuff is really edited. And it's, you know, this is true. This is raw. This is real. This is what's actually happening. It's not some segment that they, you know, piece together for the news because, I can tell you one thing about editing is that if you have a bunch of content, you can put everything together and make it look like something completely different than what it actually is. So just be careful. And also for any other 
relatives or older family members, they're probably maybe not seeing this stuff on social media. So really take initiative and, you know, educate them and be like, hey, no, what you saw, that's actually what they're saying about, you know, a protest not being peaceful. Like, hey, let me actually show you this other video. And it's totally peaceful, like those kinds of things, because it's so important. When it comes to having these conversations in our communities, it can be a really difficult thing. And it's a lot easier to just not talk about it. But not talking about it isn't going to accomplish anything. So for me, I think, yes, it's great to go to protests. It's great to sign petitions. It's great to donate. All of these things are amazing. But I also think having conversations and challenging people is really where a lot of the change is going to start to happen. So how do you even bring this up or how do you talk about it? So it might be a thing where somebody says a certain comment and you can feel confident enough to challenge what they're saying and really ask them to think about what they just said. So I have been reading through so many different articles and posts and just so many things that people have said about how to approach this topic. So it really depends on the person. Obviously, you know your family better than I do, but I did come across just some very kind of general tips. They're really simple. The first one is just understanding the difference between intention and impact. So a lot of people, a lot of white people say that they aren't racist. And a lot of times what that means is that they don't intend to be racist. But that intention doesn't mean anything if the impact of our actions is harming somebody else. It also is completely irrelevant if the impact of our actions perpetuates a racial system. In addition... When you're having these conversations, um, first of all, let's take it out of the context of your family. If you're talking to your Black friends, um, any other Black people, you don't get to tell them how to talk about their own oppression, how to deal with it. That is absolutely like stay in your lane. That is not your place. Now, when you're talking to other white people about race, that is when you should speak up in a way that maximizes effectiveness. It might take more energy, but really that is what is important. And another thing to remember is that no matter who you're talking to, your relationship to this person, remember that the information that you're communicating is a lot more important than your feelings associated with it. And I know a lot of us get very passionate about this topic and other topics in general, but you know, the facts don't lie. Like history cannot be changed, even though people are trying to change it all the time, it seems like. So having the facts is very important. This one I thought was incredibly helpful because you're relating it back to yourself and it might be easier to get this across to someone when you're talking about your own privilege. So as I mentioned earlier in the episode, in Georgia, you're able to drop off your absentee ballot at certain locations. 
and you can still vote in person. So the election date is June 9th for the local primary. And let me pull up what other states happening. So June 9th, Georgia, South Carolina, Nevada, West Virginia, North Dakota. And then on June 23rd, it's Kentucky, New York, Virginia, which I know we have a ton of people that live in those states. And June 30th is Utah, Colorado, and Oklahoma. Far behind me, and he started flashing his lights at me. So I was thinking, okay, definitely wasn't speeding. I wasn't on my phone. I have no idea why I'm getting pulled over, essentially. So start kind of freaking out. But I'm like, okay, it's fine. Just pull over. You know, no big deal. Now, keep in mind, this was my first time ever getting pulled over. I've never gotten a speeding ticket, knock on wood, none of that. So I was like, what? Why is he pulling me over? So pulls me over, um, comes over to my car, given my license, and then he asked me, you know, do you know why I pulled you over? And I was like, honestly, I have absolutely no idea. And he's like, well, your taillight is out. And I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that's a valid reason. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, I'm going to get a ticket. Like, fine. I didn't even know. I had absolutely no clue. Just one of the bulbs was out and I didn't know what to do. I was like, okay, do I start? This was right after my dad had passed away and he always kind of took care of my car, just certain things. And I was about to say that I was like, oh, well, you know, my dad would normally like look at that, but he passed away, whatever. And I don't know if that was the reason he just gave me a warning or if it was because of obviously my privilege. I think it definitely had something to do with it. And yeah, I just got a warning and I was fine. So definitely, I think sharing those stories is really important in educating your family members and saying, well, hey, this happened to me. And there's probably so many other things that happened, but that just popped into my mind first. Obviously, none of us are perfect, and sharing some of your own mistakes is also another tactic that you can use. Said something that maybe you didn't really realize the impact of it. Obviously, maybe your intentions weren't bad initially, but the impact was a lot greater, and that's really what counts. So sharing this, ultimately, I mean, I talk about vulnerability a lot with this brand and it's ultimately a strength and it's something that helps break down a lot of walls. It's something that connects strangers. It connects people who don't even know each other. It also connects people who you're very close to. It's also important to ask your family if they have any questions about racism. So they might even bring up things that you don't know yet either, or you maybe didn't consider. So just something to keep in mind. Um, You can obviously do your research and see what you can find if it's something that you obviously don't know about. That's totally okay. It's okay to learn together, but it's also your duty to educate them and say, hey, here are the facts and this is how it is kind of thing. So, but it's totally okay for them to ask questions This one was really interesting, I thought. So it's finding a race-related statistic that both of you agree to be true. So it's just a statistic. So for instance, Black people are jailed for weed more often than white people are. So just finding something that you both agree is true. And then ask your family member why they think this statistic is true. 
and just keep asking them why. Like, why do you think that is? And keep asking it until finally you get the answer that, well, racism, that's why. That's why it is the way that it is. And it can take a while, but I think eventually people are going to start to kind of put the dots together and be like, okay, makes sense. It's like the story I shared earlier. It's all kind of based on people's circumstances and their upbringing. And a lot of times it's things that they couldn't even, they had no control over. They were just born into it. The most important thing is really just getting your family member or your friend to start questioning their existing logic around one topic. And it doesn't have to be anything huge. It can just be one thing. So whether that's representation, the prison system, um, cultural appropriation, like all of these different things, as soon as they start to question it, then you're really making progress. And this isn't something easy because you're basically unlearning this racist system that has been in place and you're flipping everything that that person knows, like complete 360. So it's going to be difficult, but it's totally possible. And if they ever say, you know, well, hey, I've actually, I've never thought about it that way, then you're starting to make progress, which is really important. And while you're doing all of this, remember to commit to the idea that it is possible to change somebody's mind. Your own anti-racism journey is proof. So it's not going to be easy. However, it is absolutely necessary. You might not feel comfortable attending a protest And that's okay. Um, I think everyone, if you're listening to this, ultimately you're curious about this and you want to do something, you want to take action. I think that's amazing. So definitely don't feel like you have to do that. There's other things that you can do. And I'm going to go through a list. The first one that I want to go over, if you take anything away from this episode, please take this away. And that is to go vote. Voting is not optional right now. It is not optional. You need to go and do it, okay? And this is coming from someone who I have never really been into politics or none of that stuff, but trust me, you guys, you need to vote. So many states had their primaries two days ago, and there's more primaries coming next week. And I highly recommend checking your voter status, making sure you're registered, And researching the candidates in your state is also going to be very important. And there's still more happening after that going in July, but I just wanted to go over the June dates with you guys. Those are also posted on our Instagram as well as the URL for checking. If you're registered, I'll just have it in the show notes on the episode. Another thing that you can do and that you've probably already done, which if you have, amazing job. So sign all of the petitions that are out there and keep emailing state officials. So I think at the beginning of this, it was all, you know, about George Floyd, which amazing, great, finally got the four ex-officers charged in the case, which it took a lot to even get that to happen, which should not have taken that much. But anyway, it happened, which is a good thing. It's progress. You know, it's not just George Floyd. It's all these other people that experienced injustice. So definitely take a look at everything that's out there. Now, if you don't have money, that is okay. There are still things that you can do. 
So someone shared this with me yesterday, and I thought this was a really creative idea. There is this YouTuber named Zoe Amira, and she made an hour-long video, and she filled it with art and music from Black creators. So the video is pretty long, and she put a bunch of ads in it. So if you're familiar with YouTube at all, all these ads are going to rack up revenue, assuming that obviously we don't skip the ads. So 100% of the revenue from the ads will be dispersed between various Black Lives Matter organizations. And all you really have to do is watch the video and don't skip any of the ads. Another thing is donating to your city's local bail fund and other worthy organizations. So starting on June 2nd, we've been donating a portion of each sale to the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, which is an organization that helps people in our home city who have been arrested for taking action against social injustice. So a lot of people that have participated um, in these protests and things like that, which is really cool, really awesome. Super happy to do that. So if anything, if you're thinking about getting a little piece of home, just know that a portion of that is being donated. And speaking of businesses, remember to support local Black-owned businesses near you. I've seen so many lists and spreadsheets and resources that have been shared. really just takes a quick Google search of your city, and you will be amazed at how many are out there that you can support. So definitely recommend doing that. So wrapping up this episode, I shared a lot of different resources and tactics with you guys. I hope this was helpful. A lot has been posted within the last week. However, what I'm afraid of happening is that people are just going to start forgetting about it and not taking action consistently. So we really need to keep up the momentum after the news cycle. The news is always going to blow things out of proportion and eventually, unfortunately, what happens is people stop caring about it. So Keep up the momentum. You have been amazing if you've taken action, but it's not enough. You have to keep going. You must move on and you have to keep holding yourself and your community accountable. You have to keep taking on the actions and doing the work. Using your voice, especially if you're not used to it, it can be intimidating. And many people don't start because they're scared they'll get it wrong. If it's a choice between not doing it all or doing it and getting it wrong, just get it wrong and learn from it and then do better next time. While we're posting all of this content on social media, diversifying our feeds, thinking about taking this offline, people are saying, well, you know, just because I'm not posting about it 24-7 doesn't mean that I'm not taking action. So, Diversifying your bookshelf is a great thing to do, but what's even better is diversifying your social circles, talking to people, hearing their experience, trying to get a better understanding of what's happening. Make space for these people, not just in your Instagram feed, in your actual everyday life. So that is it for this episode. I hope this was helpful for you guys. Definitely share this with your friends, your family, your colleagues, whoever you think this is going to help. It is so important. And definitely share this on Instagram as well. Be sure to tag us at Balkan Bread. And 
that is it. If you guys are interested in seeing all the different resources, I will post as many as I can in the show notes. However, they will also be on our Instagram highlights. So thank you guys again for listening. Thank you for supporting this movement. It's extremely important that we speak up. I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye guys.